Welcome to another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid-America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at MidAmericaRV.com. Nice little Tuesday show planned for you guys. One of my favorite shows of the week that we do because we do tell the truth. Tuesday, which has become one of my favorite segments. We're also going to get into some NBA basketball with the playoffs going on. And later we will be joined by Matt Miller. ESPN for uh, a new segment that I'm calling FAQ. Just fucking asking questions. That's <laughs> what we're doing today. And we'll get into that uh, a little bit later. But let's do start with the NBA playoffs. Playoffs? Uh, last night, the Warriors and the Nuggets playing. You and I watched this one from a local establishment. I don't want Yeah. We were at a bar. Yeah. We're not we, were at a, we were at a sponsor of 609 and then <laughs> right. across the street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a little Monday night <clears throat> watching basketball, you know. It's a tough part of the gig is to have to go out to these sponsors. Yeah. One of them being a local bar and eatery, watching games and just mingling. It's it's a rough living. It's just it's hard, you know, just having to kind of be the face of Joplin Sports. It's just like, <laughs> wow. Right. It's like you, right. you know, you're sitting there and people are like, Is that the mic'd up boys? <laughs> sure is. I'll take a beer. Fine. This I'll one's sign your a shot empty, glass actually. and we'll do one more. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was a good time last night at Club 609, as it always is. But able to watch that Warriors-Nuggets game, the late game, the Nuggets look like they're in trouble. And that's because the Warriors look so good. Even last night, Steph only plays 23 minutes. Dude drops 34 points. Um, even watching uh, the big guy. Jokic. Yes, thank you. He's just frustrated. There's nothing they can do against this lineup. And when you have guys like um, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole in there, and that's not even mentioning Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Like I just, they, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't think they can win that series. I mean, it it does suck, and it kind of makes you wonder, like, how much different it would be for the Nuggets if they had Jamal Murray, you know, another reliable scorer that can come Mm -hmm. in and be the guy with Jokic, because he usually steps up big in the playoffs. We've seen that the last couple years. But him going down to ACL, he's missed this entire season. So you do hate to see that for the Nuggets, and they have had a great, I mean, regular season. Jokic, I mean, he's up there for MVP talks again. But it's just one of those situations where it's just hard to stop the scoring power of the Golden State Warriors. Like, they did, they don't miss. That's the thing. Like, Stafford Curry comes out, you know, didn't even really play that much and still has a ton of points. And you, then you look at Jordan Poole, and then it's, you know, Clay Thompson, it just it's a never ending list of players that can score for the Warriors and the Nuggets. You can sit there and think you have a game plan and it's like, well, I mean, we can only compete so much against threes. You know, we're scoring consistent twos down here with Jokic. We don't have another deadly three point shooter like these guys do. And then even with, you know, Steph Curry being injured and still trying to work his way back, like I said, he played like twenty three minutes last night, still scored thirty four points. But even when he wasn't on the court, a guy like Jordan Poole being able to step up. Uh, we talked about it what was yesterday. Guys like mm-hmm. have to step up in the playoffs, and that's how you become a superstar. Jordan Poole is a candidate to do that. Uh, he led uh, the starters last night with 29 points. He looks like he could be 
something pretty special. And a lot of people have been talking about him lately. I'll be honest on our Tell the Truth Tuesday. I kind of thought it was maybe a little bit of a, an overrated talk, like hyping, hyping him up a little bit too soon. And then he comes out and he drops 29 points in this game. So I don't know. Uh, for the Nuggets, you are you're really missing Jamal Murray. And I don't think there's anything you can do about it. Even if he were able to come back, it's not going to be enough to beat the Warriors, who haven't been in the playoffs in a long time. But they look healthy. And if Steph Curry starts to play more and more, they're just going to be dominant again. Oh, I mean, 100%. And the thing is with Jordan Poole is he's so good without the ball in his hand as well. You know I mean? He, he can attack the basket. He's completely fine with passing. That's great. And then it's like the step-back jumper that he has. Like, he'll be attacking the basket, and then he goes behind his back, takes two steps backwards, and just hits a three right in your eye. And you're like, okay. Now we got to deal with Jordan Poole, Steph Curry. Clay Thompson's posted up somewhere ready to, you know, just get the pass and fire it. And then Javon Green on the boards. The years that they were not good, they still found ways to bring in guys and compete. And now that their superstars are healthy, it's like, great. The Warriors have now built quality depth over the last couple of years, waiting for these guys to all be healthy at the same time. And now here we go. I wouldn't and, be surprised if the Warriors just roll into the into the finals. That's even over LeBron the Phoenix James. Suns. Going to be there next year. You know what? Go have some fun, dude. I'm going to just, I'm going to have to poop on you like I did Kevin Durant. Going to have to poop on you. I roasted Kevin Durant for this Uh move. Now, I will say, granted, it's a little different situations because the Warriors haven't just beat LeBron James 3-1 comeback in the playoffs, go to the finals, and then he goes and joins them. He completely missed the playoffs. But you're still going to join a clear powerhouse team, so... I will shit all over LeBron James if he doesn't. It's going to hurt his legacy if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really will. People will look back in 20 years like, okay, cool. He may have four or five rings. With he had to go jump. Four different super- franchises. Yep. Yeah. I'm, if it happens. And there are, there's just like speculation right now, but it is something that I like to bring up from time to time. And we'll see what Steph Curry's opinion on it is. I said last night that I think he goes to the 76ers. I do think if he forces his way out of L.A., I see the 76ers. No reason. which I said thoughts. it's going to be Golden State. I think if he forces his way out, it will only be to Golden State. Yeah. I just can't see him playing with Embiid or Harden. I think with Embiid, it, like, he, he's, he wants a shooter and he wants a big guy. They already have that. Yeah. And if he does force his way to Philadelphia, he's going to make sure they trade everyone else on the team except those two. Right. So. Um, you know, also last night, though, we did have the 76ers. Uh, they beat the Raptors. That's going to be an interesting one. Um, even as this series moves to Toronto and some of those guys that aren't vaccinated aren't going to be able to go. Uh, I think the only one that I'm aware of is Thibel, who's a very good defensive stopper. Mm-hmm. But even in last night's game, I think he he played like 10 minutes, 12 minutes, something like that. So I, I do think that maybe we're making this a little bit too much of a thing. Like, oh, my gosh. Thibault's not going to be able to travel to Toronto. Okay, well, he played 10 minutes last night, and he scored five <laughs> points. It's not like they're not taking fucking James Harden with him. Yeah. He's going to be there. So and, I, and it's only for a couple couple games. Then you go back to Philly. But Philadelphia up in this series, two, yeah, 2-0. It doesn't look like we're going to have any drama from that one either. Kind of feels, kind of feels like these um, playoff series are just going to go the way that we all thought they would. We're just going to go kind of chalky. The one that I, is interesting, also happening last night, Mavericks and Jazz. I thought this series was pretty much over. I thought that the Jazz would go up 2-0, 
and Luca might be forced to come back for like game three, but he's going to be hobbled. Until last night when the Mavericks won game two, they split this series now 1-1. That's scary. If, I mean, if you're the Utah Jazz, you can't be feeling too good about yourself. Losing to the Mavericks without Luka. Yeah. That's bad. And if you're the Dallas Mavericks, you are very happy with the fact that you have a guy who can score. I mean, you had two guys last night score over 20 points. Now you might hear that and be like, okay, that's nothing special. Well, they're also guys that usually don't score very much. And so I you're sitting here looking at it like, Brunson. who is this? Where did this kid come from? I knew who I he was, but all like, year. I didn't expect him to drop points. 40. So <laughs> I don't know. And I don't know that you can expect that again, but hey, big time players show up in big time moments. Yeah. He did last night. So maybe he's another one of those future superstars that I've been talking about that makes their way into the And uh, so, Maxi Kleber, the other one, comes in and scores, what, is it 24? Uh, where have you been? For uh, the Mavericks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to ask who he was. Now, I don't follow basketball as closely as I do football. Yeah, tell the truth Tuesday. I'd never heard of these guys before. I didn't know they were on the Mavericks. I'm going to be completely honest. I Look at them go. I remember them because we went and saw that game in Memphis. I'm like, all right, who is this guy? Maxi Kleber, just, he's a big dude that can shoot, mm-hmm. I think. That's a fun game. Just to shout out like an NBA player and be like, who is he? What's he do? He's a fantastic defender. <laughs> Actually, he's atrocious and hardly right. plays. All righty. Give me a scouting report on hey, random just Give NBA us a couple players. years to catch up on basketball. We're starting to get into college basketball again, and we'll just kind of watch the progression of them develop into the NBA. Mm-hmm. And we'll have more NBA games. Like I said tonight, the Hawks and the Heat play, Timberwolves and Grizzlies. What's going to happen in that game? Somebody going to get tied to a backboard? Somebody can glue themselves to the floor. I'm calling it right now. I think something happens with the bench chairs. Ooh, I didn't even think of that. What if they just run out there in the like middle of play? <laughs> like they've they've all compiled their money together and like we're gonna give you court side seats and you're just gonna run in the middle of the floor and like take the basketball. Right. Like streakers do in the NFL. Like, hey, the game's over, save the chickens. But at the same time, you're running out there with some NBA players that are like seven feet tall. I don't know. I, it's, and I think these NBA players are more likely to do something than like NFL players. If you're on the court. Oh. Like yeah. you might get swung on. Like there's an NBA player that's just has been waiting for this his whole life. Yeah. In the NFL, you might get tackled. But in the NBA, you, you might get swung on. You might get you a might get run or tested. You might get a wah, wah, wah. Like what happened? <laughs> right? Uh, so, I don't know. We'll see what happens in that game. Pelicans and Suns also. That one happening tonight. Great to have the playoffs around. Um, also great to have our sponsor at Roper Kia around. Go check out their inventory. If they don't have what you're looking for, they will help you find it. Like I said, even if it's a Chevy Colorado or a GMC Canyon. I don't remember which kind of truck I had. Find that baby on Craigslist. Call up your guy and say, hey, I like this truck. They'll help you find it. And buy it and trade for it. Also, if you mention us here at Mike Up, they'll give you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. And again, a much easier buying experience at Roper Kia. Absolutely. A website you guys should visit, though, is gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to checkout, so you don't even have to worry about it. Also, it is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when danger could arise. So make sure you put yourself in a position to protect you and your family, and you can do that with gunspot.com. 
Do people ask you about NIF yet? Is it like a... Uh, not yet. You know, I've had a couple people walk up to me, you know, at a bar setting and he's like, Hey man, how you doing? And I'm just sitting there waiting for the one to be like, uh, me so too. Like, <laughs> I'm waiting for that. Just happen. like a quick, I don't know, just like somehow throwing in a sentence and I kind of like notice it, but I'm not going to like say something. <laughs> and then if they do it again, I'll let them two time a NIF and then before I point it so out. So I know you well enough to know that this is how you would react. You would hear somebody say it. And in your mind, you're like, Oh, I'll do the two thing. You would hear somebody else say NIF, and then you would be like, oh, you fucking say it too? <laughs> yeah, you're NIF exactly brothers. right, actually. That's what I would be the hit, and you'd be like, dude, say that again. Listen. Listen to him. <laughs> right. He him, said NIF to you. Um, it's not a matter of NIF we get to these questions. It's a matter of when. Uh, we're joined today by Matt Miller from ESPN uh, to talk a little bit about the draft and what's going on in the world of football. We thank you. Uh, for joining us today, Matt. We're calling this segment FAQ, which stands for fucking answering questions. That's what we're doing. Not frequently asked, but just fucking answering questions. <laughs> um, so if you are ready to join us, I see you're still muted. If you are still ready to join us, we're ready for you, Matthew Miller. Hi. Yeah, I haven't done a call-in app in a while, guys. Thank you for telling me to unmute myself. I am 12 feet, away, 12 feet and two cinder block walls away from you. Yeah, uh, which is great uh, to have you on with us. Uh, long time no see. It's been roughly 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long time, though. I'm just, I'm just glad to be on it. I even asked Big Country last night. I was like, you sure you're ready for me to be back on a show with you? Because, you know, the original mic'd up days when it was just Mellow and I and Country would come on occasionally, it was just like two hours every Saturday of us roasting him. So I know you <laughs> want to talk about the draft. I'm mostly here to make fun of Big Country, though. Uh, same. That, that's what I do here, too. I did want to start off with this one, though. Your Twitter handle. I know that you get asked about this frequently. Why did you land on at NFL Draft Scout? Oh, yeah. So I joined Twitter uh, very, very early on, May of 2009. I know that because you can look and, and it tells you. At, at that point in life, I was working as a social media and marketing manager for like the largest photography lab in the country. And so I like lived in that whole world of like search engine optimization and like Twitter and like Facebook and like Facebook was really big at that point, obviously, but everything was about like branding yourself basically. And I remember I had a Twitter before that and I don't even. Well, he had a Twitter <laughs> and now he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and then it said bye. NFL Draft Scout, no longer. <laughs> right, we are going to get into some of these. Um, I was curious to hear that. I actually don't know the answer. I- I'm trying to, to his, get back in. We'll, we'll to his Twitter. There he is. Trying. Will snip, snap, and snap off the in or not? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. You know. So anyway, so at that time, I was working in so and like lived in that whole world of like. Branding yourself, yada, yada, yada. I had a different Twitter handle. I don't remember what the, the at was for it, but it was something stupid. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to redo this. At the same time, I was like going full bore. Like I, I was running my own draft website part-time. And it was like, okay, I'm using, I'm going to use Twitter for like professional reasons, not just for like dumb, you know, 25-year-old thoughts. And was like, what do I want people to think of when they like come to this page? What is this page going to be about? It's like this page is going to be about like 
scouting for the NFL draft. It was like, oh, okay, well, living in like a marketing world at that time, it was like, oh, well, at NFL Draft Scout makes a ton of sense. You know, it, it like barely fit the character limits and things like that. But I, I know like I've had people say over the years, like, oh, you only got your job because your Twitter handle. That is probably the most offensive thing anyone could ever say to me because it's like, oh, you actually have lasted 12 years in a very like cutthroat industry because of your Twitter handle, you know, but I, it doesn't hurt. I mean, it definitely doesn't hurt. I'm sure if you search NFL draft on Twitter, I'm one of the first things that comes up, which is exactly what I wanted. Like, that's why I chose that account. Yeah. I, I love watching the reaction of a lot of people when they make comments about like your popularity and also your Twitter handle. Cause I, I know you love that one, uh, which is very <laughs> fun. Uh, let's do talk about some of these draft prospects though. I, I did want to pick your brain. And figure out who is your top quarterback because, again, I don't actually know the the answer to that one. Uh, who's your top quarterback in this class? Yes, Melo. So I have Malik Willis as the top quarterback. I don't feel great about that. Like I, I don't love Malik Willis. I think he has a lot of really good traits. He has a lot of really good qualities, but he's not someone that like. I've used this analogy before. If I were a general manager for an NFL team. There is no way in hell I could walk into my owner's office and say, when we draft Malik Willis, like he's changing the franchise. He's Joe Burrow. He's Justin Herbert. He's Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, what are you going to say to your owners? Like, hey, like, we think with some good coaching, he could be Kyler Murray or he could be Ryan Tannehill. You know, like, that's a hard sell, especially in the top 10 picks of a draft. And, and I would say the same thing about Kenny Pickett. You got to go into your owner's office and be like, hey, if we get everything right around this dude, he could probably be Kirk Cousins. Like, that's as good as it's going to get. And by the way, he's 24 years old. So it's just – it's a hard year. I think I listened to you guys yesterday. You are talking about how, like, you're just not as into the draft this year. I think a lot of that is because these quarterbacks at the top, if we're being honest as evaluators and as analysts, like, they're just not that good. So I do have Malik Willis as QB1, but – Man, I would not feel good if I were on the if I were on the team side of things this draft and needed a quarterback. I would not feel good about having to make that pick. So in that situation, then with the quarterbacks, like you said, if you are the Lions here at two, you're completely fine with taking you know an edge rusher or another quality player at the position and waiting to the second round. Or is that something where you go, okay, you know we got an edge guy now, let's trade back up in the first and try and get him here in the middle of the round. Is that something? Are you comfortable with Malik Willis in the middle of the round? Or is it kind of one of those positions or situations where you'd rather go second round? So, like, I kind of look at it this way. Like, if you're comfortable with him in the, the middle of the round, like, you might as well draft him at the top, right? Because he's a quarterback. Yeah. And so I think that's why we do see guys get, like, driven up the board. I personally would not draft a quarterback this year with the expectation that they would become a franchise quarterback. Like, I just – I don't see it. I, and I even think that's why the teams that, you know, like Carolina has messed this whole process up. But even like the Steelers, they have Mitch Trubisky and, and they do have Mason Rudolph. So like if they take a quarterback, it's like, all right, we're not completely screwed because we have some other options. Or the Saints have Jameis and Andy Dalton. It's like they have some options there. The Lions have Jared Goff. They have some options. But I, I will be I will be surprised if in five years we look back on the 2022 quarterback class and say they're starters. Like that any of these guys are still starting in the NFL and not just like kind of, you know, like Mitchell Trubisky is technically a starter. I, I guess we could see Kenny Pickett being that type of player, but it, it's just, I, I think we've made excuses for these guys instead of being realistic. Like I told Mello last night, I would have had like Kenny Pickett would have gone. I think he would have been the ninth quarterback drafted last year. 
And Malik Willis, probably the seventh quarterback drafted last year, like behind the five first-rounders and behind Kyle Trask. Like maybe in there with Kellen Mond, maybe in there with Davis Mills. Like these guys, they're, they're just not that good. And we're only talking about them because the Panthers didn't get Deshaun Watson and because – you know, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, basically, and hasn't been traded to a team like the Saints yet. Like, I truly believe that's the only reason we're talking about these guys as top 20 picks. Where would you have these guys like a, a Malik Willis over the last couple drafts? I know you said that he probably wouldn't be like yeah. a top seven. Do you even think that, like, in a good quarterback class, some of these guys, like maybe even a Carson Strong or Bailey Zappi, are getting drafted? Like late, really late, especially Carson Strong with the knee issues. Uh, I love Bailey Zappi as like that backup type player, but you know our guy Colt or our guy Colt McCoy, good, goodness gracious, uh, our guy Sam Ellinger was a sixth round pick. He was picked two eighteen, right? And like, so I think Bailey Zappi and Carson Strong are probably more on that level. You know, Ian Book going pick one thirty three, still one of the world's great mysteries, um, but like those guys are kind of on that level in my opinion. So. No, it's just, it's not a good year. And, and everybody wants to like try to make it one, you know? And it's just, it's not. Like if I see one more tweet about Jack Cohn or Cole Kelly, it's like, y'all, these guys are UDFAs in a normal year. Like EJ Perry or Akil Glass, like they're good stories. They're UDFAs most years, but I guess we might see them drafted on day three. What position do you think <clears throat> has the most upside in this class? Is it the tackles? Is it the edge rushers? Is it the receivers? Are there some corners or like secondary members that, you know, maybe hold more value throughout the entire draft? Because I feel like when we talk about edge, there's about those four guys right there, the top 15, and then there's a huge gap. Receivers, you know, there's some that, you know, will probably find their way into the first or second round that are good. But, like, over the entire, you know, seven rounds of the draft, what position do you think is going to hold the most value and quality heading into the NFL? In do you mean, class? like, positional depth? Like, which yes. position is the deepest? Okay. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll get you there. I can read between the big country lines. Um, I do think – probably wide receiver because like I, I, you guys have heard me say, I'm sure like, I think we could see a record number of wide receivers drafted in the first round, which would be eight. Like th there's, they're that good. And there's that much need. I'm with you though. Country, like there's three tackles that are really good. Then there's a massive drop off. There are four edge rushers that are good. And then there's a pretty big drop off. And it, it feels like at corner, like there are two that are good. And then there's a drop off. So I think that's kind of what makes this draft also unique. Like there's not any good quarterbacks and, there's really good depth at like wide receiver. I think there's pretty good depth at safety. There's pretty good depth at tight end. And they're kind of like non-traditional other than wide receiver, non-traditional strong positions. Like, you know, we don't normally see a draft with so many starting caliber tight ends, basically who could be like mid round picks. Um, I, I do think when you talk about depth, I would, if I were a team this year, I would be doing everything I could to load up on like rounds three, four, five. Because I, I do think that's where the value of the draft will be, where you get down in that area and all these guys are – like you look at even like edge players, corners, some tackles, a lot of running backs, corners, who are like, oh, my gosh, this guy could be a starter. But he's going to be drafted in the third round because of maybe an injury or a bad testing time or a little bit undersized or maybe something off the field. But the dudes who can definitely be starters. When do you think the first receiver comes off the board and who is it? Are you betting on that? Is that what you're asking? Is like, are, there, is there, are there betting on <laughs> um, A couple of days ago, I would have said the Jets at four, but after some conversations yesterday, I'm, I'm going to move off that one. I think the Falcons at eight is the first spot where I'm like, they'll take, they will take a receiver. 
Um, I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets did at 10, but I think Drake London to the Falcons at eight. That's probably like I, I, I have a seven round mock draft coming out Tuesday. And I think that's, I think Drake London to the Falcons will be the first receiver. It's really hard for me to see like the Jets need a receiver. It's really hard for me to see Joe Douglas drafting a receiver at number four overall in a draft that is so strong at offensive tackle and edge rusher. Like you really like you're Joe Douglas. You're all about building the trenches. You come from that, you know, Philadelphia, Baltimore background and you're going to draft a receiver. Like also, I don't know, like, do they need a receiver that badly? Like Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Braxton Berrios actually played pretty well last year. Like they, they have some guys. I don't know if receivers, the huge need that it's kind of been made out to be for the jets. So the Falcons, on the other hand, like, yes, I I don't know if I can name right now three wide receivers that the Atlanta Falcons have on their roster. Without looking it up, I'm not confident that I can. Outside of Kyle Pitts, that's a great point. Cordell Patterson, he's but he's utility he's running guy. back. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, a, someone who only plays wide receiver, can you name one? Uh-uh. Does Calvin Ridley count? <laughs> no, I guess not. Right. So I know they have. I know they have Auden Tate, uh, who was with the Bengals, Auburn kid, and they have uh, the Olamide Zacchaeus. I only know that because he signed his tender yesterday. So there's. How do you say that name again? Got. He signed up Olamide. for tender yesterday. He did. Yeah, I, I think Ian Rappaport is the one who breaks that news when somebody signs up for tender. <laughs> Probably that's. I should do that. That should be my thing. That should be my shtick. <laughs> you know, you have the people that report like when. Things are removed from their bio. It's like, hey, this guy actually signed up for Tennessee. It doesn't say Tennessee anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, Who do you think goes number one overall in this draft? I I think it's been Aiden Hutchinson's been the favorite for a very long time. Are you hearing anything, or do you uh, you have anything that maybe leads you to think that it could be a guy like even Trayvon Walker? I think everyone is hearing the Trayvon Walker buzz, which makes me think it's like we're just all being fed it, hoping that we'll spread it and – try to maybe generate a trade market for the number one overall pick, which is just shows you how incompetent the Jaguars front office is that they think that's actually a thing. Um, I think it'll be Aiden Hutchinson. I, I don't know how you can look at those two players and take Trevon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson. It, I feel like something that's been lost in this whole process is just how athletically gifted Aiden Hutchinson is like, yes, like Trevon Walker is a great athlete. So does Aiden Hutchinson. His, his measurables, like, uh, he was in the 99th percentile for uh, short shuttle or three cone, excuse me. And he was in, like the 94th for short shuttle. And like, he's not, he's not slow. He's, he's explosive. He had a great vertical jump. He had a really good 40 yard dash, but he's also like incredibly productive. And so as much as I do like Trevon Walker and I do think like, yeah, his measurables are crazy. Like he's, he, you know, he's a freak. It's rare. It's not like Aiden Hutchinson is, so like athletically deficient that you could say one over the other. Like Hutchinson actually had a faster three cone and short shuttle than Trevon Walker did. Trevon Walker just ran a fast 40. So I, I do think that that's kind of getting lost a little bit in the, the mix here is the Hutchinson is also a really, really good pass rusher and he's a really, really good athlete. I mean, I, I think we know why he's getting slept on as an athlete. He's a high motor Probably. guy. He's a yeah. high motor guy. <laughs> Nobody a- wants to buy into the realization that, yeah, this guy can also be athletic. Not all of us are, but every once in a while, you'll get one that comes along and say, like, hey, the this is my boy. <laughs> can move. Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. the comps are all out there for sure. If you were going to knock Hutchinson for anything, it would be that he's got, like, T-Rex arms. 
Like he's got tiny little arm. Like for six, seven, like his arms are thirty-two inches long. Like that's not that's not what you want in a defensive end, really. That's the only knock on him, though. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I like to pull up the mock draftable website and just compare Ooh, the spider chart. Yep. Don't say the spider word. That's a bad word. Sorry. Um, uh, do you yeah. think that Vegas is influencing these draft picks at all? Because you got my mind wondering now when you talked about betting. Do you think that even like Vegas odds makers could start putting it out or swaying it to be like, hey, it might be Trayvon Walker to get people off the Aiden Hutchinson bets? Ooh, yes, I do. I thought that last year with uh, – I mean, obviously I got completely duped by the Mac Jones, Trey Lance stuff. Um but I, I definitely could see it, and I felt that way last year, you know, where it was like, oh, man, like, I, yeah, I could see teams doing that, you know, or, or not teams, excuse me. Like, I could see Vegas people putting that out just to get people to move off it. I felt like even in the playoffs we talked about this, like, the, the line swung so hard on the Bengals, and people were like, oh, well, they just they just want us to pick the Bengals to get the money off the Chiefs. Turns out they're right. Uh, the Bengals won that football game. I think you guys remember that. So it's it's equal parts, right? Like, hey, are they right? Or is it a little bit of, you know, are we trying to get the line to, to move here a little bit? But I, I I do know, like, do you guys get the notification when a verified account follows you on Twitter? Is that an everyone thing or is that a verified thing? I, just I think get that's the, a verified thing. I just get a normal, okay. like, this person followed you. Okay. so like, I also just don't have a lot of verified people following me. But, you know, one day they will. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, we get, I get a notification if another verified person follows me and all the, like, I get all these bookmakers following me now, now that I like, now that I'm at ESPN, like bookmakers follow me. And I like, I've had this thought of like, man, are they, are they watching my tweets to like adjust the lines on things? Cause you hear about that happening. So, but I'm not allowed to bet on football anymore. So I, I, you know what? I really don't pay attention to it as much as I used to. I'm convinced that Vegas is watching Everything, one hundred to be that accurate all the time on every sport, it's stupid. Like it doesn't make sense. I think that they are involved with it. I also I went down a rabbit hole of NBA um, fixed games over the last couple of years, and now I'm like I'm, I will never bet on the NBA again because the NBA is rigged. All of it. Yeah, I mean there was there's a referee that was like pretty much banned from getting to ref in the NBA anymore because yeah. he was fixing yeah. games. And he's and like he Alan is. like this was the Allen Iverson era where Allen Iverson like knew what was happening. He's like, so how long is this gonna be going on for? And the ref just kinda gave him a little smirk and like that was it. He did a whole podcast interview and like out of the NBA about it. It was insane. Yeah. Which he's pretty scummy too. So it's like I don't know if it's true or not, but I I wouldn't put it past, you know, Vegas odds makers adjusting things and making like Trayvon Walker the favorite. And then some people get a, you know, a hold of that and they think, Oh, okay. He might actually go like, this is what Vegas is doing. But really Vegas is like, Oh shit. Too many people are betting Aiden Hutchinson. Let's yeah. adjust the line a little bit and figure that out. Uh, are there any uh-huh. trade candidates, uh, you know, teams that might trade up or teams that might trade back? Yeah. I think Carolina at six should trade back because they don't have any picks again until like one 37 overall so from 6 to 137 is a long time to not have draft picks when your team is really really bad so especially like they have misplayed this quarterback situation terribly like for two years they've essentially missed at every top quarterback that was available it's like people use them as leverage to go somewhere else so I, I think trade back from six it becomes much more like you can stomach taking Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis at 
13 a lot better than you can at six. And I, I do think like this year, normally you would be like, oh, you don't want to trade back too far because somebody might might jump you for your guy. It's like this year, okay, if you move back too far and you don't get Kenny Pickett, take Malik Willis. Like it's not like one is significantly better than the other where you're, you know, okay, well we gotta we gotta get that guy because this one's not not any good. It's like I feel like they're they're kind of equally good and bad. So I do think Carolina should trade back. Um, I, I would not be surprised if we see like the Giants. They have five and seven in the first round. I wouldn't be surprised if they use pick five and trade pick seven and try to get a 2023 first rounder. Melo, I know one of your favorite topics in the whole world is always next year's draft. And so when you look at next year's draft, the quarterback class is amazing. And so if you're like the Saints, the Giants, you know, these the, the Lions even, like teams that you don't really have your franchise quarterback, punting until next year is definitely the way to go. Here's a, a fun game. I'm going to ask you a question. How many players do you think I have on my 2023 big board? Oh, God. Like 125? 140. Jesus. I move like, you want to share that? Like, you want to <laughs> yeah, hit it's that share to, button? It's like, I enjoy that, that getting ahead of the draft. I By the time April rolls around, like, I'm done with this draft. Now I just want to watch it. I but I'm starting to not as excited about this draft because like you've been living in it for nah, that's months. every year. Yeah. That's every <laughs> year though. When time April 1st rolls around, it's time to move on. It's time to start looking in that next draft class for me. But most of it, you know, is I love college football. So it's like, all right, let's start. And I also love spreadsheets, which is I'm convinced why I'm, I love the draft. It's because I love those two things. <laughs> it's a big I put everything into a spreadsheet yeah. and even the quarterbacks that I have, and a lot of them will come back or, you know, won't declare for the draft. I have 23 quarterbacks already on my watch list. You know, I've been burned too many times by guys like Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield. I'm like, fuck it. If you you might be drafted and you might be good, (laughs) you're going on my watch list. So right now I'm I'm sitting there at 24, and I even have, you know, Hudson Card is on my list. Like, let's just keep track just in case. (laughs) Hey, who knows who the starter at Texas is going to be? I know know Big Country's got a, I believe in Quinn, hoodie on order, but – so, it's an know? open race right now. Well, I saw you ordering dumb hoodies last night, so I just assumed you got it that was one. A sweatshirt, too. but pretty close. <laughs> I watched this man try to order a crew neck, a sweatshirt, for thirty minutes last night, Melo. <laughs> Send it to the wrong address. Send it to my Kansas City address. No idea. How I it tried happened. talking him out of it. It's you did. You, were, you did. I had to send them a, a direct shit-based. email. <laughs> yeah, my man's emailing Barstool at midnight to try to get his hoodie shipped somewhere else, and it's not hey, even a good hoodie. Props to them. They responded as soon as I woke up. Like, don't even worry about it, bub. Come to the right address. How'd I said, you have the Thank wrong you. address then? I think, like, I used the app before for something because they use, like, a third-party app for their, like, shipping stuff. My old address was already in it. So when I hit the autofill, I didn't see it until I was done. So. They say you've lived. Yeah, it, I don't. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, I just moved, like, has my wrong address still. So I was just curious. Uh, Matt, who are your guys, in quotation marks, for this draft? The guys that you just you love and you're proud yeah, of? Yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite things to do every year, and I, I, need, to, I need to put that list out there. Wait, quick question. Yeah. Did we invent that? I, I don't know. I've wondered that because now I kind of see a lot of people do it, but I also am trying to live in this world where I know I'm not taking credit for shit anymore because I don't – people are too mad on the internet for me to be like, oh, Melo, we started that, like – Everyone also has a scouting notebook now, which 
I know I started that. So it's just <laughs> it is what it is. We probably did though. I think we did. But who are your guys for this draft? Uh, yes, so Daxton Hill from Michigan is my first one. Um, I comped him to Eric Berry, which I know people are going to be like, you are insane. But that's the type of player he is. He's someone who can play corner, can play safety. He has elite speed. He's incredibly uh, instinctive, aware. So Dax Hill is definitely up there. Pierre Strong, the running back from South Dakota State. I know that's like he's, he's going to be a day three guy, but I, I, I love the way he plays. Uh, he's definitely one of my guys. Uh, Charlie Kohler from Iowa State, a tight end. Definitely one of my dudes. Uh, cause he actually can block. I'm trying to think of guys who aren't, like, obvious. Like, everybody has their guys that are like, oh, my guys are all first-rounders. Like, I feel like that's kind of cheating. Um, I would mm-hmm. put Bailey Zappi in there, too. Like, I, I love that little dude. Like, he throws such a good deep ball. He throws such a catchable ball. It is hard because he did it at Houston Baptist, and then he did it at Western Kentucky. And those schemes are amazing. But... He's just he's just so talented. I'm actually glad you brought him up because I wanted to ask you earlier when you were talking about the quarterbacks, was there any guys like that who might have some type of value here in the NFL? Because it was kind of a similar story to uh, Case Keenum where you have you know these record yardages that you're throwing throughout your career in college. It's like, can he be one of those guys? Could he be the next Case Keenum, I guess, was going to be my question. So hearing you bring that up is awesome. Oh, yeah. Or the next Chase Daniel or the next Colt McCoy. Yep. like. You know, uh, just the next Geno Smith, even Geno's kind of on that path now, too, of like a dude who's just kind of sticks around, you know, and is a good backup and makes a ton of money while doing that. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I think Zappy, like, I think he'll stick around longer than some of the guys drafted ahead of him, you know, because with them, it, it feels like more of a boomer bust type situation. Is uh, Desmond Ritter, is he a starter in the NFL, or do you think he's one of like a career backup guy? I, he'll, I think it's like a, Marcus Mariota type maybe where he probably starts and then does the backup thing and then gets another shot to start and does the backup thing. He's just so inaccurate. And like, I don't know if you can fix it because it's not, I don't think it's mechanical. I think it's just like he plays kind of timid in the pocket. Like if you go back and watch the Alabama game, which I know that's maybe unfair, but like that's what defenses in the NFL are going to look like. He was awful. Like couldn't get the ball out passes, getting batted down at the line of scrimmage. I mean, he looked afraid and Yes, Alabama is that good, but that I can't get that image out of my mind. It's like watching him against Alabama, and he's like just it, it like passes are getting batted down, or he's airmailing it because he's just like so like rushing through his process because it's like he's like I'm getting the ball out of here. I'm not letting Will Anderson hit me. Like no, no, thank you. But yeah, you're, every team has a Will Anderson in the NFL. So what are you going to do there? So I mean. Hearing that, it's it almost comes off in a way, and I'm not saying that it is, but like all of his success that he's had through college and at Cincinnati is almost wiped away and discredited because of what oh, definitely he not. did in that your playoff game. Well, I think like there's two different things. Like he's the greatest Cincinnati Bearcat quarterback of all time. It probably, I mean, will be for quite a while, right? It's like, yeah, but not every great college player will be a great NFL player, and like. I do think Look we all have to get better at that. Right, right. Like, we got to get better at saying, like, hey, this dude was a great college quarterback. And there's rare. That's a rare thing, right? You should be very proud of that, especially to be the greatest ever from your university. It's like you're not – not everybody's destined to be a great NFL quarterback. Like, And I've even struggled with that as, like, a college football fan at times. It's like, God, like, you know, um, Malik Jefferson, you know, was valuable at Texas but has not been good in the NFL. 
maybe that's a bad example because he didn't live up to expectations in Texas either. But, you know, or even like Sam Ellinger. Like, okay, dude couldn't beat Oklahoma, was a sixth-round pick, and he'll be a career backup in the NFL. That doesn't invalidate that he is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play at Texas. Yeah, I, I think so too. Are there any rumors or anything that you're hearing that you want to report on or that we can get oh you to gosh. report on? Yeah, um, one thing I heard – uh, continue to hear is that the New York Giants really like Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State. Um, I I also would point out like that some people are going to say like, wait, he's you know how draft Twitter is like they'll mm-hmm. never do this. Well, I think they might, and they have picks five and seven in the first round. And if if Evan Neal and Iki Aquanu are off the board, and there's a really good shot that they are, then I, I Charles Cross at seven makes a ton of sense to the Giants. They're doing a ton of work on him. Uh, the Ravens brought in Trevor Penning for a uh, 30 visit and this time of year you're bringing in players for your 30 visit for three reasons number one to check an injury number two because of, of bad character reports and number three because you actually like the player and, and like are considering drafting them so i think with trevor pinning there's not any injuries you're checking there's not any character you're checking because he was a senior bowl and combine guy so i i think for a team like the ravens at 14 who definitely needs a right tackle like immediately I think Trevor Penning could, could certainly be in play for them. And then for your guys, Kansas City Chiefs, like I, I know I've told you this before, but they are doing a lot of work on Boye Mafe, the defenseman from Minnesota, and Kyler Gordon, the corner from Washington. Like this week, doing a lot of work on those two guys. And I know around here, everyone thinks like, hey, like it's got to be a receiver, got to be a receiver. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if receiver is not a first-round pick and they instead use pick 50 on a receiver. Kind of like we were talking about with your question country, like this defensive end class, the depth is just okay. The corner class, the depth is terrible. So mm-hmm. if you if you need a starting corner, you better get one in the first round. And that's you know, definitely something Veach has not done since he's been general manager. So, you know, in saying that, should Chiefs fans just go ahead and kiss the idea of a receiver in round one goodbye? No. Like, I wouldn't kiss it goodbye. No, I, I definitely think there's it's still a possibility. And even at 50 – like that, you could still get a good receiver. So I, I, yeah. I think they'll add one. I, I think they'll add one this draft, without a doubt. But I, I don't know that it will be at twenty nine or thirty. They could still trade up, though, right? This is Brett Veach. He's crazy sometimes. He could still trade up, and, and that wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, how about some Twitter questions? Um, what late round quarterback is worth a shot? Do you see anyone outside of the maybe after Bailey Zappi? Any of those guys that we kind of mentioned earlier? Do you think they're even worth drafting? Yeah, they're worth drafting. Like I, I think Jack Cohn from Notre Dame is worth drafting. Cole Kelly from Southeast Louisiana. Uh, you guys were in there at the combine when he was throwing, when he was doing the drills. My man's got a rocket for an arm. Um, so I, I would draft him just – I'd probably draft him just to get him in the room, just to see, you know, 6'7", 260 with an arm like that. So maybe just draft him and see if there's anything more to him because I think he is that, that strong of a thrower. Um, I mentioned E.J. Perry kind of offhandedly earlier. He's probably going to get moved to safety. There's a lot of talk about that quarterback from Brown. Um, so he, he will get drafted. It might be late, you know, a team like New England, someone like that, who, who will have you know, kind of a vision for having him do something else. Yeah. And what about guys like Kyle Hamilton and Derek Stingley? Do you think they make it out of the top 10? Uh, do you think they fall down? Uh, no, I don't. I know, like, you know, that was kind of the t- hot topic a while back. Kyle Hamilton, maybe. Like, I would say his draft range is probably like 11-ish. Um, but I, I think Derek Stingley Jr., 
I heard the Houston Texans love this dude to the point that, again, I mentioned I'm doing that seven-round mock draft. Right now, I have the Texans taking Derek Stingley Jr. at three. Like, I've heard they like him that much. So that could change, right? Like, today, uh, if I ever stop doing podcasts today, I'm going to make some calls and get caught up on things. But it it really does sound like the Texans – I know they've done more work on Derek Stingley Jr. than any other team has. So there's a lot of connections there. Uh, freshman tape looked pretty damn good. Sophomore pretty good. junior, not so much. Eh. <laughs> yeah. um, well, uh, we like to play a little game called Tell the Truth Tuesday. Matt, you sticking around with us for this album? Uh, yeah, I definitely want to stick around to hear them because, you know, I, I want to. I was trying to influence countries Tell the Truth Tuesday, so I, I need to hear what it is. All right. Well, we're going to share ours. Let's first get to our great sponsors, Club Six Hundred Nine, who had us there last night. Mm-hmm. I think we enjoyed some of that happy hour. I don't know. It kind of got away from me, just to tell you the truth. Home of the two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours. Also, I would highly recommend the chicken Alfredo that I had last night. was fantastic. Phenomenal. <laughs> they don't miss on the old chicken Alfredo. That is for sure. Next up, though, let's go ahead and go with downtown Lou. Be sure to visit them here in Joppa, Missouri, right in the heart of the city at First and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So visit their website at downtownlube.com for their full list of services and any contact information that you need. Also, it is not a matter of if. It is a matter of when you're going to need your tire service or your oil change. Make sure you get that done and taken care of right here in Joppa, Missouri at downtown Lube. All right, now let's do get to some of these Tell the Truth Tuesdays. I have two of them, and the first one happened to me over the weekend. It was really weird. My Twitter at, as most of you are probably aware, is at Mellow, and I get accidentally tagged in so many different things. I'm telling you, like every single day, there's something different that I've accidentally been tagged in because people try to go at dot something else, which I think you can do on Instagram. I don't think you can do that on Twitter. Or um, I'm very popular in South America. Um, I get a lot of that where I'm like, I don't really know what this tweet says, but like that's cool and I have to mute it. And I'm telling you, honestly, every day, accidentally tagged in something. Over the weekend, I got accidentally tagged in something, and it was a high school football recruit. And he put out a graphic. His name was like Carmelo something. It was like, follow me on Instagram, Blue, Big Blue Nation, it, it's stuff like that for Kentucky. And it's a graphic of him in a Kentucky uniform. And I see that tweet notification come through, and then I start getting all these followers on Instagram and followers on, on Twitter. And I'm like, why are all these Kentucky guys following me? Like, these old creepy men, why are you following me all of a sudden? And it was because he accidentally, this recruit accidentally tagged me in the the tweet instead of his own account. So what I've been doing and continue to do is that these old creepy recruit fanatics are in my DMs being like, Big Blue Nation would love to have you, like, following along, congratulations on your journey, and just bullshit like this. I've been responding to every single one of them, telling them how Kentucky is trash and I'm going to Texas. (laughs) Wow. So I I hope that I don't ruin this recruit's... Kentucky's going to hate this kid. (laughs) Fuck Carmelo, man. You don't want to come to Kentucky? Horns down. You know what? Also, it's it's their own fault. How do you confuse... um, uh, I'm nearing middle age, chubby white guy for a young, athletic black receiver. 
<laughs> we do not look alike. Like, just click on the profile picture. You will see me, and you will not think, yep, this guy looks like he's going to go play college ball at Kentucky. But that is my Tell the Truth Tuesday. I have been doing it. I apologize to Carmelo if he's getting any DMs. Maybe this is a life lesson for you, though. You know, <laughs> proofread. Be careful what you tag people in. But I have been telling everybody in Big Blue Nation that Carmelo's going to Texas. Hopefully, maybe it'll happen for my guy. If you make that happen, that's going to be incredible. You're, like, you're going to be a Texas recruiting consultant now. Right. Put cool? me on. Put me on the payroll. I don't <laughs> yeah. care. I'm doing work over there. I ain't worried about it. No. Uh, my first Tell the Truth Tuesday um, is going to be something that I've noticed become like a new trend with bathroom doors, <laughs> and that is their sliding doors where you have to like, I don't know, like, it slides into like the wall almost, and then when uh-huh. you need to get a it, you need to pull those are so fucking stupid. <laughs> that is the stupidest bathroom door stupid. in the world. Because one, they <laughs> they don't Why cover any noise, that? and two, they never lock. Like you can't get them to shut. And then if it's not first? set there right, it just like starts to slide back open. What was that first one? It covers no noise. You need to go pee at night. You got someone sleeping in the bed. They hear every droplet. It's just like <laughs> son, I'm trying to be quiet here. Don't want to wake anybody up. Uh-huh. It's awful. Or sometimes, like, the latch just doesn't shut, and it's just like, okay, well, now you're risking the possibility of there just being no privacy. Someone walks in, doesn't know, like, someone might be in here. Door just kind of shut itself. Who would you be in a hotel room with that you're not okay with them walking into the bathroom on you? You know, I don't share a hotel room with someone that I'm not okay with them seeing my pee-pee while I go (laughs) pee-pee. Well, a lot of the times in traveling, I room with Mello, and I do not want him seeing the old pee-pee. Why not? Well, but if it's not blocking any noise, he's going to hear you ping and not walk in. Yeah, I don't think I'm. I'm not worried about seeing anything. Anyway, <laughs> I usually don't carry my telescope with me oh. when I travel. Sliding bathroom doors, though. It's a funny guy. That was a good joke. <laughs> uh, um, my ex-wife's family used to have one of those. Uh huh. And every time I would, we would go to their house and be like, oh, I have to use the bathroom. But theirs didn't lock. They just went on like a trust system of, hey, if it's closed, no one goes in there. Mm-hmm. That's a weird situation. And it was right by the toilet. Yes. And it, like, it wouldn't latch all the way. And it, it, was, it was super weird. But that was a very – I thought I was the only one that struggled with it. And I haven't since. I just, I've noticed that like, we go to Nashville, go to an Airbnb, boom, that's the doors. They're like – Several times you go to different these new hotels. That's what it's like in the room. There's just no need for it. It's unnecessary, and they're not even good doors. Just get a normal effing door. They save space, man. Mm-hmm. F that space. I want a door. <laughs> Somebody's a loud peer and needs their privacy. Right. My gosh. Louder the stream, longer the fall is what I always heard. <laughs> You're just all over him today, huh? <laughs> yeah, my next Tell the Truth Tuesday is uh, I'm done with Santa Claus and Easter Bunny. I have two children, seven and nine. Uh, one of them is a non-believer like myself. The other is still a believer. I'm done with it. Even this, like, Easter, usually I get excited about getting to play these different characters. I'm done, man. I'm done. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to play Easter Bunny anymore. I don't want to hide eggs. I just want to be like, here, this is what I bought you for Easter. Give me credit for it. Not this fucking rabbit who's bouncing around dropping eggs everywhere. We're not worshiping him. Give dad his credit. He worked hard for those eggs. 
for that candy. I'm done with it. I think I might just, I might just tell her. You're going to tell her? I think I might. I think it's better to tell them than let them find it out of school and be like, why have you been fucking lying to me my whole life? Right? Like, it's just like a hard truth to overcome almost. Because like, I still think about it sometimes as a kid. It's just like, why in the world did I think this dude was flying across the country with reindeer visiting my house? Just breaking it in. Yeah. Breaking it. Breaking oh, my grandma told me because like we don't have a chimney. She's like, he's got magic dust. He just comes in through the door. And I'm like, yo, that's messed up. Mm-hmm. How Where's old this? were you, Big Country, when you stopped believing in Santa? Uh, Thirteen. What? No, that's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. my god. I was honestly uh, probably like eight or nine. I had woke up and I left my door open when I'd gone to bed that night, and we had bought sparkling grape juice and cookies for Santa and we made the cookies and put them on this plate and I woke up and I could see into the living room and I watched my dad set down the sparkling grape juice bottle next to his chair and the plate of cookies that were empty and I was like son of a bitch he's Santa. See that's a rough way to find out. Yeah and yeah, like see? as a kid though it was just like well all right kind of figured anyways and went back to sleep and then the next year I verified it and I waited up all night and my mom was delivering presents I walked out and I was like I knew it. And she was like, go to bed. You're going to wake up your brother and sister. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Bike looks cool. <laughs> uh, I, um, I have three older brothers, as you may, you may know. I cannot remember believing in Santa Claus. I don't think at any point in my life I did. I think one of my older brothers ruined that for me so early on that I don't even remember it. Like, it, it's... Too early for my earliest memories. I don't know if Matt, you can vouch. You're for welcome. That. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, when you were little, I don't, you're close, so don't come over here and beat me up for saying this. Mom and Dad babied you so much that we were like, uh-uh, we're not. Nope, we're gonna toughen him up. So it's like Santa's not real. Neither is Jesus. <laughs> like it's all fake. You know, so, it's like it's all fairy tales, right? So no, I don't think you ever did believe in Santa. I really don't think I did. Man, they sold me when I was younger because, like, grandma and grandpa, you know, we'd go over to the house on Christmas Eve and, like, open presents and do stuff with them. And then they had this website that was, like, a Santa tracker. So you could see where Santa was. And as a kid, I was like, that is freaking awesome. Like, this dude is in Germany right now delivering all the presents. And it was like, he should be here at your address around this time. And so I was like, okay, well, it's 7 o'clock now. He's going to be here and like, Eight hours. I'm going to be dead asleep at that point. No way I wake up. He's timing this perfectly. Oh and then God. there was one year where we got out, and there were, like, actual tracks in our yard. And I, mom and my dad still to this day swear they have no idea how those, like, deer tracks were in the yard, like, next to the van. And we were deer hunters. So, like, I, like, I told him. I was older at this point. I was just like, hey, where did these tracks come from? Because I wanted to tell my siblings, I was like, hey, was this you guys? And they were like, it wasn't us. There were no footprints anywhere. There was no snow covered up. But there were legitimate, like, tracks in our yard. Do you think it could have been from a deer? Well, we lived in right. town at that point. We lived in town. So, like, in there weren't. Town there were... is a village, and your backyard was wooded. <laughs> we had so many you dogs didn't back live there, in though. Manhattan. We, we had so many God. dogs back there, though, that they wouldn't have. Like, the deer never came in the yard. If we was out in the country, totally. (laughs) Well, you've swayed me. Santa's real. Now I have to tell my daughter. I got to go and tell my oldest daughter, like, hey, I fucked up. Santa's Santa's real. real, My bad. Big country (laughs) song. Guess who's back? Jesus and Santa this week. (laughs) Those were the moments, though. (laughs) 
Matt, did you ever believe in Santa? I don't think so. I don't remember it, uh, like, ever believing in Santa. But I, like, I've told you guys this. I probably need to see someone for it. I don't have a lot of early memories. Like, I don't really remember being a kid. So, I don't know. You don't remember being probably a kid not. at all? Not really. Like, I, like, vaguely remember my first day of kindergarten, and then I don't really have any memories till I'm, like, nine, eight, probably eight. <laughs> So it's like three years. I don't remember shit. <laughs> like, we got to unlock that box. Yeah. It's yeah, <laughs> locked behind some I, trauma, homie. So I was, no, I think it's the opposite. I, so you guys know my daughter is almost done with her uh, bachelor's in psychology and, and so, uh, social work. And I mentioned it to her and she's like, well, for kids, like most of our memories are based around like something unexpected happening or trauma. She's like, you probably don't have any memories because like nothing significant happened to you during that time. Like, so that's what I choose to believe. I had a great childhood. My parents are amazing. So uh, definitely no trauma. Humble brag. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Same though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've taken those little tests. It's like, how much trauma did you go through as a child? It's like zero. There's nothing. <laughs> My parents are still married. There's no drug use or abuse right. in the household. So like, um, if you want me to do the test, I like the ones though, where it's like, what if, like, you get a point for everything that you've done here? I basically just add up how many points are possible and say that's that I get all those points, and then subtract one for skydiving, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's like the one thing good. I haven't done. <laughs> uh, big country, other tell the truth, other than your battle with bathroom doors. Uh, yeah, so I've had struggles with like driving at night, like, I have astigmatism in my eyes, so like other lights from other vehicles kind of have like this starry, like beam that come off of them and it's hard to see at night so this last easter i'm visiting my grandparents and my aunt tells me how my cousins also deal with this and they got these glasses that you can wear at night to drive and it reflects it. it's kind of like a yellow tint and i was like all right cool let me see got them on amazon ordered them they came in yesterday things work like a charm so i'm here to say i got some night driving glasses what is that voice? look out I don't, what's I don't this know. new voice he's doing I don't know what the new They work is. like a charm. That one. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> this is a big country and you're coming out. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got some night driving glasses. Voice changes. It's just excitement. No, I'm happy for you. just need to let the people know. <laughs> so if you see me riding around at night, you'll be like, man, that dude looks like a badass. He's got some yellow glasses on. Hell yeah, dog. I can see you now. I think we'll have to post a picture of him. Yep, probably. Yep. They actually no look fucking. They actually look fucking ridiculous. I put them on yesterday, and I was like, "God, I look like an idiot." So I had to tell the truth here, so I, I can give you guys a forewarning. So if I forget to take them off coming into a place at night, you guys can one roast me and two let me know, and I can take them off immediately. I have because a I'm bad about wearing like glasses at night. Like I do have a pair of normal glasses, but they haven't helped out like I thought they would. So I'm hoping these will. But I always wear my glasses, and then I forget to take them off. People are like, "Oh, I didn't know you had glasses." I'm like, "Shit, I forgot to take them off in the car." I can't wait to see them. I have a feeling they're like aviator style almost. They did have aviator style, but I didn't get them. Well, they are yellow, apparently. <laughs> right? And they help you see at night. They're kind of like those Oakleys that uh, baseball players wear that kind of like like wrap around your eyes pretty much. You okay. just have to see them to understand. Are they like, right. this is going to make me sound dumb, like fishing glasses? Or like hunting Yeah, glasses? kind of. You know, like, yeah, mm -hmm. like marksman glasses. That's yes. what I'm picturing. Yep. Okay. That's yeah. the style. That's the wow. design, I should say. <laughs> and you wear these at night? You wear them to drive? 
You got to be able to see. Oh, I have an astigmatism as well. You know what I'm not doing is wearing some stupid fucking glasses. Well, it's it gets. I know it's like oh, ha, easy to make fun of this guy, but it does. There are times where I'm really nervous driving, like on a two lane road, and lights come over, and it's like I can't see past your lights. Like I can't see the lines on the road. Like I am legitimately blinded for a second, and it's like, am I about to get in a car accident? So you tense up, and you just hear, Phew! Hey, buddy, do you wear just your regular glasses when you drive? Like yes, your I, like I have to. Do you wear no, both like of them regular sometimes? ones? Yeah, like, I haven't had to do that now. I, I just, so I just got them, like so I've only worn them once. Prescription glasses should take care of this anti-glare, like in your prescription lenses. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that was an option. To be honest. <laughs> like well, that's why I'm so fucking confused. Like I know you wear glasses. I see you do it. They should take care of this. I know they got the blue light. Like, hey, let me blow protection. your mind. You can get them in contacts too. Yeah. What? My contacts. Yeah, yeah. Mine are too. Contacts <laughs> for astigmatism are anti-glare. This guy. I'm setting I myself an eye doctor appointment. Said I bought $20 glasses <laughs> off Amazon. Why? Looking like I'm about to go fucking fishing. Right. I'm happy for I you. Have, I can't wait to see Here's my tell the truth Tuesday. Big country will believe anything someone tells him to buy to make something better. And I'm just going to start fucking with him to make him buy ridiculous things. Yeah, I always told my mom as a kid, like, I hope when I'm older, I don't think these, like, infomercials are as cool. Because I remember seeing something, like, oh. Did you like say the... NFL commercials? Huh? <laughs> Did he say NFL commercials? I said infomercials. Infomercials. <laughs> I wanted it to be NFL commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted it so bad. I almost opened up the sheet. <laughs> I got to update it here. I think you said infomercials, though. Yes. Okay. So, My what's bad. the ruling? Do you still find them? Luckily, I don't watch enough TV to see them. But like, I remember just being a kid, like, man, that's a cool looking ladder, mom. Four easy payments of twenty nine ninety nine. You can do that. Let's get this ladder. But wait, they'll send us another ladder. Yeah, they'll send an extension for free. We no, got, got thirty two. minutes, Ange. Let's go. It folds up. It's easy to store. That one got me too. As an yeah, adult. that never... this like weed eater where it's like, oh, you can rotate the head and like da 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 da. da. I was like, that looks legit. Mm-hmm. That one would get me too. Or that like this with... cool blender. The sham wow guy. Yes. The towels, the... What was the wow. The alien tape or whatever, Milo? That uh-huh. me. Yeah, and it worked pretty well. Not as well as the NFL Marshall yeah. said it would, but yeah, right? it worked pretty well. Um, I, I do... I want to thank you guys for having me on. I have to... Humble brag here. I have to do another call, so I, I have to jump off here, but... Yeah, you guys priorities. Yep. Yeah, well, we thank did. you so much, Matt Miller. We really do appreciate it. I, I, I'm fan. hopeful... This summer, you know, I'm gonna gonna be on with you guys more often. I, I'm hopeful. I'm hoping that this went well enough that you'll have me back. No, yeah, we'll talk about it and we'll see. We'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no pressure. You don't tell me. We'll right have now, our people but, uh, get in touch with your people. Okay. Okay. See you yeah, for I'll lunch. See you guys at lunch. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That is it for us today. As well, we hope you guys enjoyed the show today. All the NFL draft talk with NFL draft scout, Big Country, and I going to be back at it tomorrow right here in the Colin app where if you haven't already, you have to get involved here in the chat. It's my favorite feature of the app and being able to ask your questions, interact with what we're saying. We're reading it. We're reacting to it. Uh, It really is. It's a fun time. I think it's made the the listening experience that much better, and you can get it when you listen to the show live again every weekday at 10 a.m. 
right here in the call and app. We appreciate you guys joining us today. We'll be back at it tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then.